prison twice in his time of ministry. Uh, during Paul's imprisonment, he, was, he wrote four books of the Bible that we now have today. And the first one is Philemon, Colossians, Ephesians, and of course Philippians. I think that's crazy that a guy who was in prison, uh, probably getting beaten and you know, probably not smelling the greatest, decided to write four letters to these churches. From a couple of different sources, uh, Philippians was written by Paul around uh, 61 to 63 A.D. Uh, Paul was writing to the church of Philippi because they had a gift that they sent to Paul. The gift was delivered by this guy that I'm maybe going to try to pronounce his name, but I'll probably butcher it. Uh, I'm going to try it right here, and it's Epaphroditus, Titus, or it was a man from the church of Philippi, and that's what we should know. Uh, Paul was put in prison for the sake of sharing the gospel of Christ to others. He shares of this joy in verses 12 to 13 in chapter 1 of Philippians. So if you want to look at uh, chapter, uh, verses 12 to 13, I want, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. This is Paul talking in prison. So that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. Now how many of us would have wrote this down if we just got thrown into prison for sharing the gospel? Now, I know that I'm not writing this, I don't think. I'm put in prison for sharing the gospel. I would probably, probably be mad or complaining that I'm sitting here on a cold cell and Paul is joyful that he's in prison. He still has people that he can share the gospel with. Simply just his testimony of why he is in prison is a huge impact on the guards. In verse 13 he says that the prison guards are now hearing his story which points to Christ since Paul is in prison because of him. The verses that lead up to our main passage uh, that we're going to be going over tonight, I think it's crucial that we uh, get our understanding of it. In verses 15 to 18, Paul writes, Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely uh, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? That in every way, whether in presence or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. So there's been a problem with people preaching out of jealousy towards Paul. They're preaching the right things. They're preaching Christ. They're preaching the gospel. There isn't a blasphemy problem in this. But they're doing it out of jealousy. They're not being nice to Paul. Uh, their attitude, I read, was one of, an uh, one, uh, what is it, pro-Christ and anti-Paul. Now there are, however, people that's not doing this. People that are doing uh, this preaching out of love for Christ. They proclaim Christ out of truth and sincerity. Paul then asked, what then should we do? I was 
uh, studying this, and I was like, what, what should we do? We have people who are preaching out of the wrong motive. Paul says, whether out of selfishness or out of love, Christ was proclaimed and was made known. In this, Paul could rejoice. And in this, we all rejoice. And I've, have you ever heard a sermon? You might hear one tonight where you're like, yeah, that guy did terrible. Or, man, that guy is boring. He has a monotone voice. Or, he just didn't do well. He was stumbling over his words. But I can say, that guy, if he was preaching Christ out of love, Christ was proclaimed that night. Either way, Christ is proclaimed through the preaching of his word. And we should rejoice in that, just as Paul did. So let's go ahead and read uh, 19 through 24. That's where we're going to be tonight. If you will follow along with me. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed. But that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for this uh, passage. I thank you for inspiring Paul to write this passage, even as he is in prison, uh, probably feeling terrible at the moment. Uh, but he is writing to the church of Philippi and encouraging them. And I just thank you for your word. And just be with me tonight as I proclaim your word, uh, even as I may stumble over my words, as I may not be clear in something, you will be proclaimed uh, through uh, me tonight. And I thank you for that. In your name, amen. I have two main focuses that I want us to uh, look at tonight. Uh, the first one is, if, I, if it comes up, uh, Christ is honored. Paul is certain about his deliverance from uh, his current circumstance. It seems that he is not thinking, he's not really talking that he will be delivered by prison, but he's going to be delivered by life, uh, by dying. He's considering that he may even die in jail. He's currently getting hated on by the people outside of prison. While he's in prison, still getting hated on. Um, I couldn't imagine the amount of thoughts that's going through his head right now as he's hearing all this uh, feedback from the outside. Paul knows that through either deliverance by releasement of prison or by death, Christ will be honored through it. And he knows this by two factors that I want to point out. And it's called uh, your prayers. Paul is saying through your prayers. He's talking to the church of Philippi here. Not, of course, to us because Paul happened a while ago. But he's thanking the church of Philippi for praying for him. 
through his, this difficult uh, time in his life. Are we praying for our church today? Are we praying for Baker Heights? How about the people in the church? There's so many people in this church that are going through difficult time in their lives. And we should be praying for them, whether we know that or not. They need our prayers. Prayer is just such a great way that we can help people. Uh, there's going to be people that we can't uh, help by giving them advice. Uh, we can help them by just listening, but we can more importantly help them by praying for them. Uh, the second thing that Paul tells us is that he will, that will help us is the Spirit. We are given the Spirit. The Spirit of God is given to us we, when we accept salvation. We are told this in several pa- passages like John 15, 26 and then Romans 8, 26. Uh, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. The Spirit of God is with us in times of need. Now, if we are believers, we have the Spirit, as I said. But if you're here tonight and you don't have Christ as your Savior, the Spirit will not help you. He's not indwelling in you tonight. And I just would urge you that the same God that Paul was thrown in prison for, for sharing uh, the truth and the gospel to others, is the same God that we can serve tonight. The same God that uh, helped Paul through this imprisonment will help you through whatever you're going through at this moment. Paul knows that either way of this deliverance, through death or being released by prison, Christ is honored. Paul can look back on his life and say confidently that he preached unashamedly. unashamedly. Is this a mentality we had? And I put this uh, up there again. Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. Is that something we can say tonight about our lives? That Christ is honored, whether uh, by life or by death. Obviously, again, we're not in the same situation as Paul. But we can be in situations where we don't know the outcome of what's going to happen to us. Can we look back and say that we preach Christ unashamedly? Can we say that we preach Christ confidently? Preaching Christ is not just getting up here on the pulpit like I am or like Pastor does on Sunday morning. But pre- uh, preaching Christ is telling others about him. About, about him. Do you tell people through your daily lives, Christ died for you? And I know that can be a scary thing to do. And I also need to do that in my life. So I'm preaching this to myself tonight. But can we say that we do that? Not only can we verbally tell people about Christ, but we can show it in our actions, in our testimony, as Paul did, uh, to the guards. Uh, We're not going to go down to this verse, but verse 27, a little farther down, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you 
or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, driving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Does your life show Christ tonight? Can we look at you and say that you are standing firm and that you are striving to be like Christ? As Paul said, can you hear about this? Can I have other people tell me, you know, Anthony, he is striving to be like Christ. The whole whether life or death thing is crazy in my mind. That we can honor Christ through us living and by dying. Uh, this leads to our uh, second focus which is Christ is our life or death. Paul right now is considering the two possibilities as we pointed out, life or death. Paul goes on to say one of the most famous verses in the Bible, which is, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now this is certainly a powerful verse. Paul is saying whether he lives, that's great. Or even if he dies, that's somehow gaining to Christ. Mueller in his small commentary on the book of Philippians says this, Christ is the one and all to give meaning and significance to his existence. The one, only one, who really matters. Christ is all to him, life itself. Christ is simply Paul's life. And that preaching his name and suffering for him as he is in jail right now, that brings glory to God through that. He is honoring God through this. Christ did not only live for him or in him, but he became his life. We can see this shown in 2 Corinthians 4.10, uh, which says, Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. Uh, we can look at 2 Corinthians 5.15 which says, And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Christ died for the, us and that if we would accept him as Savior and quit our fleshly lives and live for him. And lastly, a famous verse, uh, Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If we have accepted Christ as our Savior, we've been crucified with him. It is no longer us who lives, but Christ that is living in us. Now, obviously, we're still here on the earth, and we're still in our fleshly bodies. But Christ is living through us. He received the glory through this. We can see how Christ, how living is for Christ, but how is dying for gain? If we die... Can we still glorify Christ through our death? And I would say yes, of course we can. In fact, we glorify God 
even more when we die. Here on earth we have sin, and sin can block us from exceeding to that ultimate glory that we can see in Him. When we get to heaven, or when we die, or when Christ comes before we die, either one, in this, this will be a fuller and greater glorification of God. Paul knows that if his life is prolonged here on earth, then he is to do work for the Lord. And that his time on earth here is not just a waiting game for when the Lord comes back or when he dies. He is here so that he would do more fruitful labor for him. Paul says in verse 22, If I am to live in the flesh, that means more fruitful labor for me. Now this reminds me of when you are eating at the table and there's this, you know, there's this roll right there in the middle. And you, you want that roll, okay? And so you look beside at your mother who just made that beautiful roll for you. And you ask her, hey, do you want that roll? And she's like, no, I'll be okay. And you're like, okay, that's more, more food for me. The joy that comes in out of me at that moment when I can get that roll that I secretly didn't want her to have, I can now eat it. And that is joyful for me. More food for me. And as funny as that could be, this is that joy should be for us, uh, us as it's supposed to be to serving God to his full capacity. So Paul said, if I am to live in the flesh, that means more fruitful labor for me. That means more labor for me, that I get to live here on earth. Do we find that joy in serving the Lord today? I know that sometimes serving the Lord can be stressful, or you just don't simply want to do it in your life. And I can tell you that you will have joy when you do serve the Lord. He will bless you in many ways. Now, again, Paul is seriously this, this, um, weighing these two options tonight, life or death, and that he has no control on what's going to happen. He doesn't know if he's going to live. He doesn't know if he's going to die. But he knows that either outcome, he will be ready. Paul's ultimate desire, as we can see uh, in his writing, is to be with the Lord. He knows that it's not God's will, but he is, that he's going to be overjoyed to serve him on this earth. As we look down the passage, we can see Paul's desire to be with the Lord, although God does not will that for him. And then in this, Paul is satisfied. I know there's times on this in life where we just simply don't want to be here anymore. Like, Lord, just come. Bring the rapture down, and let's, let's get this over with. But I can say that we can be satisfied that we, are, we can live on this earth and still serve the Lord and have joy in that. And we can use that to glorify Him even more. Now, you might be here, and you're like, okay, we hear this. supposed to live for Christ or die for Christ. But how, how do we do this in our lives? And the first one I want to point out is read his word. We're told to resemble Christ, be like Christ. 
how are we going to resemble someone we don't know by reading his word? God gave us his word for us to uh, do these tasks in our lives, to serve him. He gives us a how-to guide, if you will. So read his word, meditate on it. These hard situations in your life, how are you going to get through this? You can meditate on his word, and he will guide you through it. He tells this to Joshua as he is about to take over for Moses. You know, Moses, the guy who just, who just he crossed the people through the Red Sea, the guy who splitted the waters in half, and you're about to take over for that guy. And God tells him, meditate on my word. Don't let my word depart from your mouth. So meditate on his word. Secondly, we can pray. God has given us an amazing way of communicating to him. The God of the universe, the guy who created you, the God who created the grass outside, the God who created the wind, the sky, all this beautiful stuff we can see. He has a way that you can communicate to him, a way that you can give him your burdens, a way that you can ask for wisdom. Use this every day, all day. Pray, pray to God. Pray for other people as you are serving him. And third, uh, accountability. I didn't put up there. Good job, Kevin. Um, accountability. Have people be, ha- hold you accountable to these things. Have people hold you accountable to serving Christ, to living out His will. If you're doing it alone and you have nobody to keep you accountable, you can, you can really do whatever you want. You can tell people that you read His Word, you pray, but people can keep you accountable to actually do that. Surround yourself with people that's going to motivate you to serve Christ and to live out His Word. God gave us a church body of believers. Not necessarily this building that we are blessed to be in, that we don't have to be out there in this 100 degree weather that I step outside and I'm sweating from walking. We are blessed to be in this building, but this isn't the church. The building isn't the church. It's, it's the body of believers. That we're, we can connect with each other. We can pray together. We can read His Word together. We can hold ourselves accountable. So we looked at how Christ is honored and how Christ is our life or death and how we do it. So we are obviously, we're all currently living at the moment. I don't think any of us is about to tip over and die at, our, at the second. So we are currently living... So what do we do? We live for Christ. We do these three things. We imitate Him. In our lives, through whatever we do, are we honoring Christ through that? Are we living out these three steps? Are we living through the church? Is Christ your life tonight? And again, if I say, if you are not, if you can say that Christ is not your life tonight, you may believe in Christ, but also the demons believe in Christ. Put your trust in Christ tonight. 
as you go through those situations that are hard in your life, Christ will be there for you through His Spirit. Trust in Him. I'm going to read uh, the Mueller quote. I hope I'm saying that guy's name right, by the way. Mueller, I, I think that's his name. Uh, I'm going to read this quote again. Christ is the one and all to give meaning and significance to His existence. The only one who really matters. Christ is all to Him, as he's talking about Paul here. Christ is all that Paul has. Life itself. Can you say that about you tonight? Christ is all to me. He's my life itself. Is that you tonight? Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to preach your word. I just thank you for the people that came out tonight. Uh, I just pray that uh, your word would touch them tonight. Uh, even if they are a believer tonight, that they would look at their lives and, and ask, are you honored through my daily living? And I praise you if it is. And I just ask for wisdom for us all as we never can example you every day. And we don't really example you probably ever. But we try. And I thank you that you shed your grace upon us. And I thank you for that. We love you, Lord, in your name. Amen.